We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome to Light Years. Andy Lou. It's my favorite time of the year. You know that? It's my favorite, favorite time of the year. And it's not just because tomorrow I will be going to Las Vegas Summer League, which is, if you ever have a chance to go, a lot of fun if you're an NBA dork and you just like really like hoops and everything. Um, but I started thinking about why I enjoy this time of year so much. And it's it's the optimism of what next year could be. Right now, I've, I'm already talking about how uh, Pozenski could be like a super roided out, better version of Steve Nash in my mind. You know, I'm going crazy. And uh, it's mostly because last season sucked. And right now, everyone's kind of just positive vibes. No, no, reality hasn't hit. Do you it's remember not, last year not, at this time? It's not the, it's not the real NBA. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Not till Steph is gone. Uh, you remember what we were saying around this time last year, though. We were, we were we were the same level of optimism. We were locked in. You know, James Wiseman's gonna grow up. He's gonna play fifteen. Kaminga Moody year two. Well, I was, I was I wasn't on the Wiseman train, but I was on the other <laughs> ones. So that's true. Yeah. Oh man, you're right. You're right. And uh, it it feels like the Warriors have have some guys that are playing well. We'll we'll get into the games and stuff. But I've been to summer league five times. Six, mm-hmm. six times it's uh it's fun because you get to see some of these guys um that that they all play hard man mm-hmm. um they all play hard it's not great basketball but they all play hard everyone plays hard everybody a lot of guys out there are fighting for their careers the warriors have guys um that are going to be fighting for their careers it's cool hopefully trace jackson davis plays um because i'm looking forward to that so i know have right? a good time well, we, we have a we have a new no big policy in Golden State. Absolutely no one over six five is allowed on the team. So, you know, of course the one guy they draft who's I mean, let's be honest, he's probably like six eight. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> um, say I don't even think he's yeah. already already ruled out. You know, it's it's summer league. No one's playing through kind of a tweaked Tammy in summer league. It would be dumb too. Uh but yeah, I want to see him play, obviously. Yep. Um, all right, let's let's talk California classic for a couple of minutes. I think uh I'll, I'll let you kick it off because I was on the Pajemski bandwagon like a sicko watching Santa Clara games. I know you weren't, so this is probably your first taste yep. of his game. What would you come away thinking over this? Um, very, 
looks very eerily similar to Nico Mannion. So I was a little scared. Like, just ah. no, I'm talking about the hair. Like, the hair. Mm. I'm just watching him run out there, and I'm like, oh, no, this is not great. This is not great. And then I watched him actually play basketball, and I'm like, all right. Like, he, he can definitely play. Um, he's got a lot of confidence. That, that was yeah. the first thing. He's got a lot of confidence. He doesn't seem like someone that uh, doesn't think he's going to be able to make the NBA. Last year, we watched Justinian Jessup, who was hyped up. Obviously, later round guy. Um, uh, but he looked like he wasn't ready to play. I mean, he looked scared out there. It's not something you see from Pajemski, who looks like he's... I mean, he shot a one-legged uh, three <laughs> going the other way at the end of the game when he hasn't really been able to shoot uh, across two games, which isn't the concern with him. But high-level thoughts for him is um, shots there. He's crafty. He draws fouls, uh, which is funny. He's already got better foul drawer than Clay Thompson, than Steph Curry. He's he's rolling his hands under guys on a drive. It reminds me of James Harden. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, it's kind of a shifty finisher. Um, I think he's he's a great rebounder for some reason. So you watch him, even though the Warriors don't have didn't draft any centers or have any centers on the team. Is this kid going to average six rebounds? Scrappy six, three and a half guys. That's so the weird. Mark inefficiency, right? You know, the funny thing is, I, I saw people saying, Oh, he doesn't look six, five. And I'm like, Anyone lists at six, five, you know, they're six, three and a half. That's the general he really rule. is. He definitely and, and is. He, he is. He's, I, I was looking it up. He measured almost identical to Dante and Jordan Poole in terms of height and wingspan and stuff. So it's like, you know, good size for a one, little undersized for a two gonna lose my mind when steve plays him at the four you know like that sort of stuff (laughs) definitely a guard definitely a guard no chance at the wings the thing that stood out to me with him and always stands out to me is feel i feel like a lot of rebounding is just nose for the ball like steph's a great rebounder he's not particularly big or athletic either um even westbrook who is a freak athlete he's you know six three um Dante could really rebound the ball. He's not particularly huge. A lot of rebounding, particularly from the guard position, is like anticipation, reading it, and then do you just want it? And watching him play, like not a player who's afraid to get his nose dirty and just get in there, and then he just kind of has a feel for where the ball goes. Like you either have it or you don't on some level, and then if you have it, are you going to use it? So I thought that was cool. I also thought his passing feel was even better than I expected. And again, this is summer league competition. Let's see let's see if he can get off some of those pocket passes or uh, moves off the dribble against like engaged NBA defenders, right? Like it's a different it's a different level, but the the playmaking is the intriguing part cuz cuz like you said, like the the shot um not not particularly concerned he was maybe the best shooter in college basketball statistically. So you got to think it's at gonna, some level it'll away. come around. It's going to go, but away. it's like it's that other stuff that's going to determine whether he's just like a shooting specialist off the bench, you know, kind of a dime a dozen guy, or actually a dude who can develop into a player who's in your eight man rotation, not year one, but like you know year two, year three. That so sort of thing. so we're perfectly aligned there. We didn't talk about this beforehand, so we didn't plan this, but that that's my biggest fear. Just watching, just watching these these couple games is that. I'm actually not so concerned about him defensively. I feel like he's going to be able to hold his own. He's too smart. Uh, the thing mm-hmm. about defense is if you're smart enough, you're going to be able to play defense at the NBA level unless you're 5'11", right? right. And then, then you're screwed. But he's big enough to, to figure something out at the one and the two. But he tried a few step back, sidestep, <laughs> step dribbles, and they didn't go anywhere. And so I'm, I'm watching. I'm just like, is he going to just be like you're saying, 
a fringe rotation guy. It's just like your standard white dude shooter, right? Who's going to make his money kind of like a Luke Kennard, or is right. he actually going to be a, Hey, I can handle the ball and I can get guys the rock. Um, kind of like your Desmond Bain. And I know Dean on draft came on and he kind of mentioned him as like somewhat of a comp Bain's not super quick, but he can get to his spots. He can pass a little bit. He can get a shot up work. Whereas Kennard cannot, he's just a, Hey, I'm going to come around around a screen and just shoot a three. So we can't tell. I mean, I can't tell it's, it's just, it's just been two games. So we'll see against, like you said, better comp, but that, that would be the, uh, that would be my, my fear watching it. Cause yeah, I mean, I mean, he's, he did a couple moves where I was just like, yeah, these, these have no chance. <laughs> these have absolutely no chance. So we'll see. But you're right. I mean, the dude is – the kid is smart as hell. He is smart as hell. He knows how to play basketball. And that's a huge difference between watching him and, like, honestly, watching him and, like, watching Wiseman and Kaminga is such – it's like a different fucking world of hoops. You can just tell this kid actually knows how to play versus those. Yeah. It's like a complete opposite draft strategy. He, yeah. He's a, border, he's a borderline NBA athlete, honestly. Um, but there's been a lot of borderline NBA athletes who turned Funny. into really good players. Uh, there's also a lot of guys who, like you said, it just ends up being one level too high for them. And they have to turn into like a fr- like Kennard is Kennard's a good player, but like coming out of Duke, you thought he could do a little more. And then he gets the NBA and it's like, yeah, you're really only going to make your money, you know, coming off screens and spotting up because anytime you put it on the ground, like it's just it's it's too fast for you. They're too athletic, that sort of thing. So we'll see, but like, it does feel like worst case with him, he should be at least a passable rotation player in a year or two. Um, and I still think there's more upside there because it's, he's got a, got a unique skill set. I'll put it that way. Um, the combo of feel and aggression and some of the, some of the passing, um, I, I think he could end up being a player. I, I like the pick because they're betting on different things than they were betting on last time. Way like, different. Enough, Way enough different. with betting on like he's, you know, he won the genetic lottery, but like we're not sure he actually understands anything other than, you know, open run dunking, basically. If so. if the <laughs> if if the Warriors had this philosophy going into the draft two years ago, they'd take Franz Wagner. Like, to me, that's very clear. Very, very clear that they tried Fons Wagner, who was then, you know, behind in the rotation, doesn't play for for some reason all year, just like Moses and Woody. But uh, I know I'm going to enjoy watching Pajemski this this year. Um, whether it be as I think he's going to play mostly in Santa Cruz, I, I doubt yeah. that he's going to play at all. Well, uh, not his fault because that's, that's how it works. The other the other thing is like he could maybe play uh, if they didn't have like 18 veteran guards ahead of him you know what i'm saying so it's like three four five yeah i mean they literally have two (laughs) hall of fame point guards um then they go get you know uh Corey joseph Joseph, obviously gp2 is going to get minutes in there um who who are we not even mentioning i mean you could throw moses moody who's a two three guy in there it's it's kind of in that role right so yeah i mean Mm -hmm. he's gonna have if if pajemski's playing 20 minutes game might be screwed lesser quinones we haven't even talked about probably should be what'd you think of him what'd you think of him i thought he i thought he looked uh i remember when i saw him last summer league so bad and and the fact that he was wiseman's uh college roommate was like oh great they're bringing him in here just to be the vibes guy but by the end of last season, I was like, oh, oh, this guy got a lot better really quick. Uh, and he he looks pretty good. I was shocked. He was bad last season. And, and people are texting me like, hey, like you didn't know he was good. You didn't, you didn't see him in G League. And I'm like, dude, I'm looking at numbers in G League. I don't cut time to watch G League games. 
Uh, but they're telling me that the, from the from the way that he progressed from last season to this season was astronomical. He's always been a great shooter, but it sounds like he's always been a great shooter. But the mm-hmm. off the off the dribble stuff is is interesting. That, to watch. That's that's surprising me because I thought when when they brought him in, they're trying to make him um, he'd be like a Damian Lee type. Which honestly, like if you can turn a two way into that, I take that every day of the week. You know, you can always throw those guys out there, like shoot, competes. You know, flawed, but like they're on a two way. What do you expect, right? Um, might have a little yeah. more off the bounce than I thought. Maybe I see comparisons to Jordan Poole, which I think is funny. He's got definitely got way less burst. Jordan Poole is way quicker. Yeah. He's way faster yeah. with the ball. Um, Kinyonya is a little more in control, right? So, but I that's more so. I think he's just way less athletic. But he moves without the ball really nice. Same kind of questions that I have with Pajemski is like, does the off the ball dribble stuff work at all at the big league level, or, or is he just doing this against some league guys because he's just so much better than these guys? So uh, I think we'll find out. I guess the question is, do you think he'll remain on the two way? You think another team out there kind of maybe throws him something because I know he's not officially. I think anybody can still pick him up, right? So he's a, he's a two way, but the way the two way works is uh, if someone offers a full contract. Um, he can take it. So you don't own, you can't keep him on a two way. If like the Hornets come and are like, we're going to give you a full contract. So in theory, another team could do that, forcing the warriors to make a decision on whether they want to give him a full contract or let him go. Uh, it just hasn't happened yet. So um, we'll see. I think he, I think good chance he stays on a two way. That stuff doesn't happen very often. Um, and I, my, 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 Theory on Lester is he'll start the year on a two way and they'll give him a full contract before the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, right. they clearly like him. They invested a lot of time into developing him last year. Shout out Seth Cooper, who has been upgraded from the Santa Cruz staff to the Warriors staff. Um, no surprise for development of guys like Lester Quinones. He also gets credit for like helping Jordan Poole figure it out when he went down to the G League and a few other things. Um, I think. I don't. I don't think he's gonna get stolen. I don't know. It's we'll see how it plays out. There's always an off chance. There's always an off chance. Charlotte watched him. He's like he's better than half our players already. Why don't we just throw him a contract? Like, you know, that's the type of team where I'm like, what do they have on their roster right now? You know, they and, might and well then the, the Warriors have a and then the Warriors have a glute of guards. So now half your roster is guards, and you're like, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? But we don't want to lose them, kind of stuff. So sure. I mean, that'd be interesting. But I did watch him, and I'm like. This guy probably deserves to play more minutes than than Pajemski right now, and part of that is probably he's just he's just played a year, and and he knows the system and he knows his role, and he's also a great shooter like Pajemski, right? So I, I don't, I don't, I don't. That's a tough. He's, one. he's almost, you know, he's uh, two and a half years older, almost three years older than Pajemski. Going to be twenty three when the season starts. I mean, yeah, he's he's like right at that that sweet spot age wise where you know. He should be able to break into a rotation, definitely like a worst team rotation. So we'll see. This week's Light Years podcast is brought to you by Factor. Now that we are in the thick of summer, you might be looking for a wholesome, convenient meals that support sunny, active days. Factor, America's number one ready to eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time. Eat well and stay on track reaching your goals. Too busy with summer plans to cook, but want to make sure you're eating well with Factor. Skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality that you need. 
Factors fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back outside and soak up the warm weather. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. We also offset 100% of our delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for our production sites and offices. This July, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simple, simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavored packed meals delivered to your door. Again, it's ready in just two minutes. No prep. No mess. Where can you find Factor? Head to Factor75, factor75.com slash lightyears50 and use code lightyears50 to get 50% off. That's code lightyears5050 at factor75.com slash lightyears50 to get 50% off. The other interesting thing that's going on right now is we are at the sixth. July 6th, free agency. Players can officially sign contracts. And the Warriors have not added a big man. But I think more interesting, no one's really signed anyone the last two to three days. And I think I think everything that's going on with the Dame situation, the Harden situation, has essentially slowed down all of free agency. Is that how you read it? I mean, have to be. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, that James Harden is out there still. I don't know. Carl Anthony Towns about. has been rumored sure, to be. Sure. Shopped, so yeah. Let's go see Akum now. Sure, yeah. So, just all names everywhere. So I'm I'm with you. It feels like some of these guys, like Dario Saric, who the Warriors obviously won, is is kind of sitting there and saying, I mean, if it's gonna be if it's gonna be Dame, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo, and then just nobody in Miami, shit, I could play 28 minutes, right? I'll versus, go be, go, I'll go right? be that nobody. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Versus going to the Warriors and maybe playing 18 a game, right? If I'll Saric, mm-hmm. I choose Miami. Uh, plus, I get to live in Miami. Uh, I get to live in. <laughs> I get to party in Miami, right? If I was Dario Sarge, I'd do that. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I think that's not good for the Warriors. But I don't think it means that it's not. It, it's that these it, it, these teams are these players are going somewhere else. I think they just got to see what happens with these trades. I mean, it, it feels like would it surprise you if this this stuff just leaks for another month? <laughs> like, I wouldn't be surprised if it just keeps going and going. Hopefully not a month, but I mean, yeah, I'm I'm looking. Here's some other guys. I'm not saying the Warriors should get these guys, but like Danny Green's out there. You know, a team will Hopefully. view him as like a vet that could potentially help. Not a player the Warriors need because of position. Uh, PJ Washington hasn't signed. He may not get the restricted free agency offer he wants. You know, That's an interesting one. Um, hmm. I don't think the Warriors can get him, but uh, for for money reasons, but, you know, he's he's sitting out there. TJ Warren. Um, not really a Warriors player, but definitely an NBA player. Kelly Oubre, you know, th- these are all guys who are unsigned, and it definitely feels like there is a lot of. I haven't even looked at the guard list yet. You know, Will Barton, uh, Kendrick Nunn, George Hill, Terrence Davis, Wes Matthews, Austin Rivers. These are all guys who will be on NBA rosters. It just feels like we've hit that. It feels like everyone's waiting to see what happens with Dame. Honestly. Um, the confluence of all those events have slowed everything down, which is very annoying for for the Warriors or for quite frankly for me because I just like to see the Warriors <laughs> sign someone to have a little yeah. peace of mind, you know. Yeah. Do you think the Warriors are in on any of those trades? We mentioned four players who are potentially uh, on the move: Damian Lillard. Everyone's familiar with the story. Harden. I love how he like demands out, and everyone's like, "Nah, it's cool. You you can keep it." <laughs> um, uh, the Harden one's the funniest to me because uh, I I don't think he realizes everyone's like 
it's not five years ago. People aren't dying to have you on their roster anymore, buddy. You know, it kind it did kind of shock me. Uh, it surprised me a little bit because um, I, I do view Harden as still a very good basketball player, but I think for what he's asking for. Yeah, and the way he's going about this, teams are kind of saying, uh, "I don't." Yeah, and and you can't extend you could, him. You gonna give him? You gonna give him Steph Lebron money in his mid to late thirties though? Because like at least he could trust those guys to always right. be in shape and yeah, to know, work do, hard, yeah. do whatever they can to get their body right. Well, um, <laughs> you can't even you can't even pay him if you wanted to. So who who's to say that James Harden doesn't just leave the year after? Um, so I, I just I want to talk about the dames. I want to talk. Yeah. About the Let's talk, let's talk about the Dame stuff. I wanted to ask you, do you think the Warriors are uh, yeah. still actively in on a guy like Siakam or Towns? That, that, so, okay. So, because I think we, because, because we can agree that they're not in on Harden. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> yes. We, Although I'm sure they've thought about it. I'm, I'm sure they've thought about it, but you know, I, I feel like Stefan Draymond probably said, you know, let's let's keep let's keep this one moving. It felt like Dame, you know, Ramona Shelburne threw out out there like, hey, the Warriors could still uh, could have still waited and maybe got Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Um, to which I respond, does Portland want Jordan Poole's con- con- contract uh, at all? Do they want Simons and Poole's kind of the same player to go with Scoot? That's weird. Um, I always thought that was weird. Does Dame even want to play in Steph's shadow? It's kind of his hometown or used to be his hometown. Very weird scenario. Does Dame want to take a backseat to Steph? Because then he'd be the number two guard. And then we didn't answer the biggest one. Do the Warriors want to pay two point guards $60 million a year? Like, that's just a lot of money for two guys who play the same position. I, and then you you throw in Clay's <laughs> contract. So now you're talking about you know $100 million between th- three at guys. Least it, at least he plays a different position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh. none of, no, no, three of those guys can't defend. Uh, so, so it's like, so it's hard, right? Um, yeah, I think that one's out of the question. Um, no, you take the Siakam cat question. I, I, you have more of a, an opinion around that than I do. Do you think that they're realistically looking at these now? Because maybe they could have then, but do they even have the ammunition, Sam, to, to talk about a trade for Carnegie Downs and Pascal Siakam? Because I do feel like those guys are going to be gone in the next month. Well, I do think... In acquiring Chris Paul, they now have two guys, and forget what you think of them as basketball players, but you have two biggest expiring contracts, Chris Paul and Clay Thompson. So if Minnesota is going to dump Cat, they want to get young players because they're committed. You saw they gave Edwards the huge extension. They paid Gobert. They're going to have to extend McDaniels. They just need to take back less money. You know, so like getting an expiring contract allows you to get out of that. And that's a big issue with someone like Towns. He's also owed a ridiculous amount of money. So my question there is like, I just don't know if the Warriors are willing to take on the type of money someone like Carl Anthony Towns uh, is owed right now because they'll keep them right up at the second apron. You know, like you do that and you almost have to be okay with Clay walking if you can't sign him at the number you want going into next year. And that's a tough that's a tough pill. I've never thought of that as mattering like a long-term con- but it, it does it does now I think more than ever, right? When you talk about what the new CBA is and some of the, mm-hmm. the stipulations that come with it. Um I, I'm kind of I mean I'm kind of with you. Uh, if it's going if even if it's Siakam, and then you have, to, and then you have to pay him, is that is that worth it? Do you? I I feel like Siakam's probably a better bet 
like he's probably a guy that I think the Warriors are more in on than someone like Cat. Can we agree on that? Hmm. You think they'd rather have someone like him than then the question becomes like what can you even it's just so hard when you say because can they reroute that Chris Paul contract? Because here's the thing, as of they can right now, because it's not official. It's not official. That's well, Chris Paul trade. They can they yeah. can they can reroute it. It it might they might have to wait a few days, days to yeah, yeah, that that sort of stuff. That's yeah. th- that's not a huge impediment to my knowledge on the whole thing um got it the bigger question is you know, like you said that the reason they're having a hard time trading someone like cat and this has been written and we're seeing this play out like it, the no trade clause was hilarious for brad beal but more than anything people are like dude the new cba like makes it so you can't go over a certain number and paying that much money to brad beal makes it really hard to build a team you know like that sort of thing right we even saw a jordan pool at least part of the reason it was hard for them to move off of him was like, that's a lot of money you gave him that like, I don't know that other teams are dying to give Jordan Poole that kind of money, you know? So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not certain on this. It does. It's just very difficult to carry that many big contracts is kind of the point I want to yes, get at. Especially, especially when they're not people that you think can be even in your future. I was just going to say Jordan Poole when you were talking about it. Cause it surprised me that he was, I mean, they treated it like a salary dump when, you know, as much as we can say about Jordan Poole, he is still a young 20s lead scoring guard that can score 20 plus points in the NBA. Sure. That shit's not, it doesn't grow on trees. does not grow on trees. And they essentially just dumped him for half a year, a year of a 38-year-old point guard. Uh, for, for, for cap flexibility. Like, he's like this. Like Steve's, it's pretty clear Kerr thinks like Chris Paul can definitely help stabilize a second unit. But like the reason the front office wants him is because they now have the ability to like be flexible with their trades for the next six, for the next 12 months with Chris Paul. So. Signing trade, all this other stuff, but in a vacuum, it is hard to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, you throw a first pick round swap in there, uh, some other stuff. So um, I, I just, and then you throw on the fact that they've really talked about Chris Paul. Like he's going to be a fixture on the team next season. There is right. no, you know, they haven't been kind of quiet about Chris Paul. Chris Paul himself hasn't been. He's admitted that he's on the team next season. So I, I just have a hard time, even though technically they could reroute that contract, that that happens. If it does happen, it feels like it's going to be a trade deadline move, which again, I'd be shocked too, because the Warriors never really do anything at the trade deadline when they're trying to win mm-hmm. um, or next season. Like they guarantee the contract and they use it to get another contract, right? Like that's, I feel like that's stuff. Most likely, I, I think I think I think I agree with you. Next summer is the most likely scenario. It's it does seem to me like they're unlikely to move Chris Paul right now. There's a bet they're betting on Kuminga yes. taking a step, him making him better. And I and I do think if the Kuminga thing doesn't work out, they're going to pivot off of it mid mid season the way they did Wiseman. Um, just because Kuminga is two years away from an extension, if you're not going to extend him, if he's not like a piece like for I'm not saying he can he'll be this good but let's say you view him as a Wiggins type of piece for you long term you know if you're not going to extend him you have to move him otherwise he just walks for free in two years and then you just wasted a lottery pick right yeah and that's kind of that's kind of what they did with uh with Wiseman they're like it's not working here he's owed money next year and then he could walk I let's just get GP2 back because at least that's something you know yeah, that one I'd be shocked. That one, I, look, the Wiseman stuff was a failure. I mean, that, but that was a failure so fast that you watched them play that first season and you saw so many flaws. 
Whereas with Kaminga, the last the last couple of seasons, these these two, I think it would be a real shocker to me if if he's on the team that they flip him because that would mean he's regressed. I don't find it likely that he's regressing backwards unless he's just saying I don't want to play in this system, which you know might happen. But yeah. if he's out there and he plays, he's good enough. He's good enough. Yeah. Now, how good is he? No, no idea. No idea. But he's good enough. I, I do agree with you. It's uh, it's going to be a question of does he buy in this year, or is it going to be more of the you know whining about his role, whining about minutes, plays well for three weeks straight, and then there's a regression, and Steve puts him back in the doghouse, and like that sort of stuff. So I think if it follows that path, I think there's a chance they might move in a different direction, but yeah, I think they want to see first. It's on Steve too, but we we talked about it. We talked about it. This week's Light Years Podcast brought to you by Game Time. Sam, I was in New York and I wanted to catch my first ever Yankee Stadium game. Went to it last second. The app that I used to buy the tickets was Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, all the above. The Game Time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game Time will actually credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without distress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use Light Years, L Y G H T Y E R S, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account and redeem code LIGHTYEARS for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk uh, before we get out of here. Las Vegas. The big summer league. You see Wembenyama's debut sold out? Dude, I mean, I'd be staying overnight in 100-degree heat. $20 general admission tickets are currently being resold for $200 on StubHub. So part of me, I'm like, man, how early do I have to get there tomorrow? Are you, are you, tic- are you tickets or are you credential? It doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, you might, maybe you won't even be able to get in as media, actually, now that I think about no. it. Um, but um, what I was, what I was going to say is, yeah, no, it's, it's more of a like, how early do I need to get there to have a comfortable, comfortable view? You know what I'm saying? Like, because I mean, you can always get, you can always get there, but like you can give it, you'll be, you'll be stuffed away. It's too crowded. Right? Well, because the, th- the thing about the thing about Tr- Thomas and Max Center in Vegas, uh, depending on what arena it is, I assume it's going to be the bigger one. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, is that? But you can sit wherever you want. Now, I don't know. It's been a few years since I've gone. No, to, that's to, that's 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 what I'm saying. Like, how thanks. early do I have to get to? Like, yep. are people going to show up at noon? Just be like, I'm going to sit here for six hours. I would Wemby plays. I, I would because how often are you going to be able to to watch Wemby in your city? Depending on where you're at. Now, now maybe if you're living in Oklahoma City, it's it's a cheap ticket to sit front row but you know for us people here it's it's it costs us a couple thousand dollars to watch San you're going to play at chase right yeah and if you're going to if you're going to summer league you you want to see him you're not you didn't go all the way to vegas to not see when binyama playing his debut you know so and that close that close to watch him play also good for when binyama that he's playing in the summer league i think a lot of times with with the nba now we see these guys just not play and not show up very cool that he's playing i will be watching because i've 
never watched Wimanyama play. I watched him play like 10 minutes of that game with Scoot, against Scoot Anderson. That was about it. Um, he looked pretty <laughs> pretty good. So. We, got good <laughs> we got a good slate. You got Wemby's debut at six, and then Warriors Lakers grudge match at eight in the same gym. It's gonna be great. Be, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be posted up there, and then you can you guys can find me at the tables afterwards. Get a beer. You know, I mean, oh, that's, that's I mean, that's just gonna, that's a great night of basketball. Uh, summer league is, I mean, the summer league is great because you can just watch ten hours of bad basketball, but it only takes one Wembenyama sighting to to make up for it. And yeah, man, man, you know my my favorite's the small gym, um, which obviously he won't be playing in. But like, I was summer league two years ago, the Warriors played um, three of their four games in the big gym, but one was in the small gym. And I happened to catch the one that was in the small gym. Got to watch Kuminga throw an absolute poster dunk um, in essentially a high school gym, three rows behind. Just it, it's just hard to explain how fun that is to watch in person, you know? Because even even if you're lucky enough to get courtside or somewhere close an NBA game, it's not the same. You're still not as close, you know. No. No, and that and that's really what it is. I mean, that's really what's great is you can sit anywhere you want, and you're never going to get as close to these players. You really truly understand, like, dude, these Pajemski might look six two on my TV, but then you watch him up close. He might look slow on TV. Then you watch him play in real life mm-hmm. in real time, and you're like, yeah, that's the best dude in in ninety nine point nine percent of basketball gyms in the world. Yep. Um, so uh, I'm I'm excited. Actually, I'm I'm very excited to see what Pajemski's going to look like. Uh, here in these games, because he does feel like the guy on this team. I, I, I think Lester Quinones is going to be an NBA player. Mm-hmm. Pajemski has an upside to be more than that, more than yeah. just a rotation guy. So I'm excited to see what. First Dunleavy pick, too. Like, he, you know, he 19th pick, you're, you know, you're not expecting. You're, you're hoping to get a rotation player at 19, but he's got a little upside there. So, you know, obviously curious to see how that plays out. Um Outside Pajemski, what else are you looking for, Word, in these Vegas games? If he plays, I've been told by many people, including yourself, Chase Jackson Davis is an Andy Lou type of player. I have been told this. Uh, four-year college player, healthy, undersized, can pass the ball, cannot really shoot. I just, I am so excited to watch him play. <laughs> I'm already imagining a dribble handoff two-man game between Chase Jackson uh, I'm just going TJD. It's too long. And, and Pajemski, because it's just two guys that feels like they know how to play basketball. It's kind of like a – it's like that Lithuania team. I've, I've got like kind of uh, – or that Argentina team back in the day. I, I've got yeah. huge flashbacks of just a team that knows how to play together. Not super athletic, but they're running dribble handoffs. They're running screens, pick and pops, back cuts, all this fun stuff. Uh, I would love to see him play because he feels like a guy that fits perfect in the Warriors system. Um, but I want to see how good he is defensively. Um, like, can he actually play it at the big level, or is he kind of someone like, you know, Obi Toppin just got traded, and um, he's a different player, but he's kind of like an undersized five four ish, but he can shoot the rock like hell, super athletic, but he just can't play any defense, so he doesn't get to play. <laughs> they had to flip him because Tibbs hates guys that don't play defense. The if TJD's gonna be an NBA player, he has to play defense. So I'd be curious to see if he can. Yeah, he definitely topped my list. No word on if he's playing Friday, but I'm I'm just going to assume he's not because if he had a hamstring, keep him out of Monday and Wednesday. I think your best case is probably not Friday, but maybe gets in there Sunday, you know, give him a full week or something. That's that's just me guessing how the Warriors go and how hamstrings go. Like typically guys aren't, you know, immediately back after a hamstring in, in summer league. 
The other thing I want to see from the Warriors is I kind of intrigued with uh, Jacob Rubin, who they have coaching their summer league team. It seems like he's moving up the bench. Oh, I liked some of the ATOs he was calling for for Pajemski against the Hornets, the California Classic. Let's see if they've they've got a little hidden gem coach. I mean, they lost Jamma uh, to Toronto. They haven't replaced him on the coaching staff. They could replace him or they could promote internally i'm just curious to see because you know kenny atkinson's obviously always going to be the number two to steve kerr experience been head coach like all that sort of stuff but like a big thing that's been useful for the warriors in their better years is having a deep coaching staff where they um you know a lot of different voices really helps them come to the best decisions and you know everyone spent all last year's like oh they miss mike brown and, you know, they, they probably did miss Mike Brown a little bit. I kind of think their issues are bigger than just missing Mike Brown. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how that stuff goes because they've, they're making changes on the coaching staff and they could be good changes. They could be bad changes. I don't know. You know? Um, it feels like Kenny Atkinson staying as number two on the bench instead of going to another head coaching gig for a reason, too. Um, I think he knows he's next in line. If, uh, you think so? He- Think he's banking I'm, on it. I mean, I don't think he's banking on it, but I think he's 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 hedging yeah. on it. That's for sure. I think he's sitting there and going, well, well they don't have anyone else internally who's more qualified than him if they want to go that route. That's true. And, and he's proven success. Proven success. So Yeah. I mean, there was there was a couple good jobs available this summer. He didn't get either of them. Uh, I don't really fault him for not like jumping another Charlotte type gig. Like I think he still ultimately probably feels really happy he didn't take that one. You know, like, yes, he didn't get the money, but that's just a that was just a job that's aligning you to get fired in two years and then make it so you cannot get hired again. You by, know? by the way, that's exactly and I, 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 I look, I'm not Kenny Atkins has made a lot more money than me, a lot more successful. But sometimes you got to just keep the job. Maybe you get paid a little bit less, but you're just way happier. Um, yeah. And I think that's that's where he's at. And he I, I know you're talking about Jacob Rubin, but I, I, I feel a little. Steve Kerr hasn't gotten his extension yet, and I don't know yeah, if he will before the season starts. You know, I it's it would be really a little weird. I, it would be very strange if Steve Kerr coaches a lame duck year. He's very way odd. head coaches don't do lame duck years, particularly uh, coaches with that level of. Uh, uh, acumen and just success like he's sorry he's not like he's not will hardy in uh in utah you know where he's just like this is a fine young coach but he ultimately you know hasn't accomplished anything it's like a four-time championship coach you know he's a great coach yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a high paid one and like you know one of the three or four best coaches in the league both on reputation and just merit right so i think he's gonna get extended that's Ooh. my I think he's going to get extended. I think he's, Ooh. I think he's getting extended at least as long as Steph is here. Yeah, and I think his agent is trying to get him extra years tacked on, just because you know when Steph retires, they're going to want to be like Steve, we're going to go young, but he wants that money guaranteed. He's like, yeah, you could fire me and still pay exactly. me for a year. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I, it, it I. I I think you're right. I just think it's curious that it hasn't happened yet. So maybe it's the the Mike Dunleavy situation where hey, everyone knows it's going to happen. They just got to hash out the details. But uh, but I I don't know. 
I don't know. But this team is sculpted we'll see, in the vision of Steve Kerr. I mean, so if you're looking at a telltale sign of how is he going to be here long term, the, the type of power he has, right? Like it's just that's the other part. If he would like look, we we know like the front office has had issues with some of the things Steve has done, uh, and like with all things, I think they're both right and they're both wrong. Like. I'll, some of the things the front office is some of the young players the front office build in, like you can't really blame Steve. But then there's other ones you can look at where you're like, you know, it, it would it hurt you to be a little more flexible, you know? So, but with all that said, I just refuse to believe they're gonna let him he's on the outs if he has this much input into the roster yep. they're building this year. And this is a lot of input. Like Corey Joseph was his decision. He chose Corey Joseph over some other guard options that they could have potentially had. You know, we know that that's who he wanted. Trading Jordan Poole, that was his idea. He he basically said, "We're like, I can't fix this. It's it's done. These guys will not be able to like come together. So I want Draymond to stay, and I want him gone. You know." If they didn't value Steve's opinion, they might have dumped Draymond and just kept pool. You know, I mean, they, I, if that were the case, then yes, I would tell you that Steve's gone. And, and if exactly. they had picked up other big men, I mean, Christian Wood is on the market. I know you had that name in sure. the rundown there. Like, would they have just picked up different types of guys? Because we know for a fact, I mean, and it goes with Steph as well. Like, do they want to play with someone like Christian Wood? <laughs> well, it's a, a talented player, but definitely not someone that plays the Warrior style. They want look. They want bigs who can pass. They want bigs who can play with Steph Curry. They're not doing all that if they're planning to break up like the entire thing. You know, that's the way I'm looking at it. So yeah, if they did sign Christian Wood, who's talented, but objectively would make you play a different way because he can't he can't play Warriors basketball. He can't do what Ludi and Draymond does. You know, that's not his game. You're not signing him to try to be that player either. The fact that they're passing on trying to get those guys or Ubre or just kind of those type of players lets me know that they're committed to the brand of basketball that has worked under Steve Kerr and, and Steph. And if you're going to be that committed and let Steve have that much input, you're going to keep them, you know, maybe yeah. negotiating. All right. Maybe Jacob Rubin gets in there. Maybe he's like the new <laughs> Will, Will Hardy or, or, or sure. uh, Nick Nurse, right? Who was a GD guy too. So, so we'll see. Sure. You're, you're right. You're right. You're probably right. Sure. Four more years. Know. Four more years. Yeah. Well, I don't know about four. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be back. Appreciate everyone. <laughs>